right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Buyer's Market Podcast. I'm joined today by a very special guest, Diane Eldridge. Diane, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matthew. Great to talk to you. Yes, thank you very much for agreeing to be on. Um, Diane is a special guest I've been connected with on LinkedIn for a handful of years. Um, she used to work for Emerson. Uh, now she works for Amazon, AWS, which is uh, super cool. She'll get into that, how she made that transition. Um, but she even has a more fascinating story before there, before she even gets to her professional career. So I'm going to read a little bit about Diane here, and then we're going to talk about her story because I, I think it's just so worthwhile for people to be able to hear. So um, as I mentioned, she previously worked for Emerson, now works for AWS, and Diane was a leader for Emerson Women in STEM Houston chapter. She previously served as a member of the UT McCombs MBA Admission Committee and had been a regular panelist at McCombs Student Advisory, Career Fair, and Women MBA Leadership Forum events. She's an active member of National Association of Women MBAs, Women's Masters Network, Society of Women Engineers, and executive member of Women's Engineer Network, WEN. Did I miss anything? No. Oh. I'm pretty busy, I'm passionate about women in STEM, so that's one of my passions. So. I, I can tell, and uh, and you know, the, I have the benefit of knowing your story, so I, I can I understand why you're so passionate about it. Um, but you know, we're gonna through the episode, we'll get into how you've leveraged LinkedIn and how you've leveraged digital channels through your different BD roles at Emerson and at Amazon. But before we even get into that, why don't you tell us all the way back when you were in China? Wow. How you got interested in engineering. Tell us about your mother. Tell us about how you came to Canada. Just tell us the story. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, so my story is that I'm a, um, a walking example of a global economy in that way. I was born and raised in China. But if you talk uh, uh, in, right now, currently in my family, um, I uh, we have three generations of women engineers. Start with my mother and, and me, and then now my daughter. My daughter is a third year engineering in Texas A&M engineering industrial. Uh, so uh, my uh, my mother, um, she's uh she's she's my hero right she's uh she's a, what got us one of those fascinating story she grew up she was born and raised in indonesia so she was a, a little island there was no high school literally in the island uh on the island so she uh she had to fight had to fight and then and, and cry and then really fight for uh fight for a chance to go to high school and then to off the island and go to the city to go to high school and after the high school she uh, basically just packed up and jumped on the ship and then just went back to mainland china because um and that's uh um we're chinese so she went back there and then she uh she uh, got into college so she out of a family of six kids uh she's the only uh, college graduate so, uh, so basically, that's her background. Um, and when I, we were raised uh, right after post-Cultural Revolution um, out of China, so it was uh, when she basically raised us in a very sort of very difficult situation. Like we lived in a three-bedroom apartment, and and we share with two other families, and each one had a room. And so that was kind of the uh, uh, upbringing um, I remember, like when I was uh, in my childhood. And she raised me and my sister in that little apartment and my dad, but she also worked throughout um, and since, um, you know, as she was raising us. 
And in this, uh, because it was at the end of the Cultural Revolution, and then th at that time, every single sort of uh, uh, college-educated people still required to go serve at least one year in a uh, labor camp um, in a very harsh region. And she did that, left us when we were babies, and then for a year, we couldn't see her. But she never gave up learning and studying and then tra train, train herself, continue to be engineer. So... Uh, fast forward when she she ended up eventually retired as a senior engineer for a top research institute out of uh, Beijing, Beijing, China. That's when I was born. I was born and raised in Beijing, uh, Beijing, China. Um, one of the key uh, childhood events happened to have a huge impact on my own uh, um, sort of aspiration of uh, become engineer and try to pursue uh, um, a different life in a way is uh, she saved up all the money and one time and brought uh, we would got on a long train ride for three days slow train ride and all the way to to Hong Kong um, just to see what's it like outside China um, at, at that time so that was pre you know, today's China, you will see pre-development. So when Hong Kong, that was my first time, I was in a, just out of uh, elementary school. Uh, but that was, a, that was a, sh a sort of a shocking event in my life to see the first time outside mainland China, what kind of life you could have, the freedom, the, 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 the stuff people could have and opportunities and everything. So um, that time, and I think she, she said that, well, you know, if, if you want something different, you you could have it probably, but you have to, you know, I don't have connections, I, we don't have money. So you, you, you have to work hard and study hard and, and make it possible yourself. So I think that's instilled me very early on. And then so from that point on, my sister and I said, oh, we, we, want, we want to do that. So we, we uh, um, eventually, we, we had to, it's a long journey. We had to pass English exam. We had to um, study quite hard to make sure we have good grades because if, uh, eventually both of us, my sister and I, we got scholarship in, from a, a college in Canada. Um, and then we end up in Canada and we uh, fast forward now, uh, now that we're grown and we have our own children, each, um, my sister and I, both of us, each one of us has three degrees from three different <laughs> I have three degrees from three different countries. Um, so um, I think I, you know, that's my ADHD there, right there. So I will tell you something about that. But yeah, so we end up each have three degrees and had a career. And I think a lot of them attribute to my, to my, to my mother. And um, so because of that spirit, I think she put it in there in for me. Um, I, I have my own children. I had a son and a daughter. Um, I'm talking about uh, women engineering, so that's so I'm just focusing on my daughter. So um, she, uh, I raised her, and then she uh, remind me of my mother a lot. Um, so I worked for Emerson for a long time, and they transferred me around the world. We can talk about a little bit about the career with Emerson. Uh, that's a I'm grateful for that career. Um, because of that move around, um, I took my daughter to see the world uh, as I, I myself see the world and working. Um, and uh, one of the uh, one of the very interesting things because we're Canadian and, and, and my husband is a, a Canadian Navy officer. So when you're married a Canadian Navy officer, there are two requirements when you have children. One is when they're three years old, as soon as they hit three, they're put on skates. 
Uh, second, <laughs> when they're 10, they have to be certified uh, deep water divers. So, <laughs> so those are the three things, two things my kids, so it doesn't matter if a boy or girl. So my, my, my daughter started skating since, you know, very young. Uh, even uh, one time I was working in Singapore and I lived there for a, free year, a few years, Emerson put me there. So she started skating then, and then we moved to Houston. Houston, Texas, a deep south, and there's no girl hockey in the south. So um, it didn't really deter her so much. I, it's not like I encouraged it, and she just wanted to keep going. So she ended up playing, um, became a tier one a girl hockey player, like a national level, um, and by playing boy hockey. So she just went and signed up. She played boy hockey. Um, throughout her high school, uh, middle school, high school years and travel uh, hockey. Um, her um, latest, uh, when she graduated from high school, her stat was she, uh, she, was, uh, she played varsity boy hockey for, wow. for all those four years and, and she ended up to be co-captain. She was voted to be co-captain of a boy hockey team. She was the only girl on the boy varsity hockey team and she was a co-captain. So, so that was, a, she was a little bit, uh, she was quite famous for a while around, uh, around the hockey little community here in Houston. So, and, and then she decided to go to engineering. So she got in a, a top engineering school. Texas A&M Engineering is, is a very well-known tier one engineering school. So she got in, she's right now she's in third year. So, uh, so yeah, so we, we have, uh, so my little story is we have three generations of women juniors, so from Indonesia to China to Canada to Singapore and now to Texas. So that's a little very quick uh, sort of uh, my story about three generations of women engineers. That's uh, why I uh, am personally very passionate about um, women in STEM and engineers. I, I put all my rest of my, uh, my free time into that kind of effort to support that. That is, that is so awesome and so many great things I want to circle back to. Um, so uh, I think the first thing I have to acknowledge here is uh, if you've never played, I, I grew up in upstate New York where in upstate New York, like Syracuse area, hockey is like one of the main sports you play. And so we, we actually played in gym class, probably like they do in Canada, right? You have, you have to play it in gym. So I was a basketball player and, oh. but because I was an athlete, I had to play hockey with the hockey players and <laughs> wow. Uh, so, uh, mu much props to your daughter, uh, to anyone that plays varsity level hockey. I think it's pretty impressive. Um, but for her to do that is absolutely incredible. Uh, the next question is, is, um, who do you think your daughter looks up to more, you or your mother? Um, she, uh, my, my, my mother passed away early, so she never mm. met her. Uh, oh, no. I would say, uh, it's okay. It's been 20 some years. Uh, my, I think my daughter and I had a really close relationship. I think part of part of it, I had to thank Kaki because we are on the road all the time. So she'll, <laughs> I drive her, fly up uh, all over the country. We play uh, girl hockey. That's the only way we play. So that way we have a very, very close relationship. So yeah, so I think uh, I'm, we, uh, I would say if you're admiring, I think, yes, she's probably, no, because she just, because she knows me more. Yeah, well, I, um, I have a young child and I, I can only hope that um, he is as ambitious as your daughter sounds. And, you know, I, I, um, I, I'm just so impressed because you hear a lot of times where, you know, people, um, one generation makes it and then the next generation kind of just like rides those coattails. And it sounds like that's the opposite of your family. You, you wrote, you took what your mother did and built off that. And then your daughter's taking what you built and building off that. And um, that's just incredible. It's absolutely incredible. So congratulations. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very proud of. Yeah, I'm proud of. Uh, um, very proud of the accomplishment I feel uh, of my daughter so far. And and then what I was able to, you know, manage or achieve as an immigrant, didn't know anyone, and come here to make it to the, um, you know, to be to move it on on top the, the career wise to make that progression. Um, it, it actually, if my mom's still alive, I think exceeded her expectation. We, yeah. we didn't really plan this. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best plans. And and I, I'd also like to point out, you've immigrated multiple times. Yeah. You, you went to Canada, and then you went to the U.S. And um, yeah. there's definitely, a, even though we speak the same language, there's difference between the U.S. and Canada culturally, um, conversationally, everything. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So what were um, what were some of your challenges when you uh, you know you you get to you get to school you get out of school you start working in Emerson at this time I assume you're probably a little bit more acc acclimated to Canada generally mm -hmm. so what was it like starting out with Emerson as what I assume is probably one of the few women engineers yeah so most of my career um, as you move um, uh, so Emerson first of all is a Fortune 500. Uh, tier one company manufacturing global manufacturing company um, we manufacture uh, we they manufacture automation systems and 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 for in process industry energy industry oil and gas right so um i will just maybe summarize my career because i i grew up with emerson i joined uh, emerson fresh out of college as a uh, um, application engineer uh, on the on the factory floor so um it's a long career so i can summarize my career with emerson with uh, four numbers uh, 21 9 7 and 3. so 21 years with emerson i did nine different type of jobs different functions uh, i have seven different bosses different from different country different religion different gender seven different bosses and i lived in three different countries so the reason I said I expect my expectation career as a as a Chinese girl grew up in China and didn't know anyone, barely spoke English, was able to do uh, like do that, and then I was grateful. And then I I never took anything grant for granted. I was grateful for that career because it, it's it's a testament to to the country and to the to the companies, right? This kind of global company that opened the open up opportunities allow you to do that. That said, it's it's a there are different there are definitely challenges and difficulties right because i was like i said i was i didn't know anyone uh, my 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 english wasn't very good at the time uh, when i first started uh, i didn't know anything about the culture things and and there are a lot of challenges and then emerson and as a woman and when you think about it's a it's a it's a heavily male dominant industry it's engineering manufacturing oil and gas it's like triple threat. So as you move up, um, as you move up, especially, uh, so I ended up my last position before I left Emerson about a year ago, joining um, Amazon, I was the executive director for a business unit. I was responsible for a, uh, a multi-hundred million dollar worth of stuff that manufactured in multiple places, one in here in Houston, Texas, one in a, a big factory in China, uh, one in uh, um, a factory in Milan, Italy. So these, this is the, my, my, I'm responsible for this portfolio's growth, um, you know, profit, and then, you know, and strategy, go to market strategy, everything. It was, uh, and then I was at sitting on the executive team 
uh, there. So most of my career, as you go up, like as a senior manager, director, and 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 senior director, like once you move up, as you move up, you will see less and less women. Um, it's changing quite a bit. It's very good to see. So by most of my career, yeah, I was the only woman uh, in the room. Uh, so uh, there are uh, were there challenges? Yeah, there are also actually uh, if you learn how to do it. Uh, you, there are also advantages because you're the only person. Everybody remember you for as a business <laughs> development person and the marketing and sales sometimes. And you know people remember you. And then when you actually try to get a get an appointment, get a, a meeting, you actually could get. It's a little bit easier because they remember who you are. Um, the difficulty I would say is you have to uh, reprove yourself almost over and over and over. So um, I would say if it's a male counterpart, uh, if we both uh, uh, get in together, like either career-wise or go in, get into a room present-wise, you can start, you know, based on, you know, look at the title, they will look at, oh, you can start there. But if um, uh, sometimes a guy can just, you know, be accepted as is based on their title, and then you into a room, if nobody know you, you do have to do something to prove. To, to, to gain people's respect first. And then once you pass that hurdle, everything's e it's easier, much easier. So you do need to do that over and over. And then when the, as, um, in my earlier, especially in the earlier stage of my career, um, for guys, it's just easy. They just come up, come up a little bit easier than, than women. And then also, um, if you make a mistake, sometimes, um, there's a saying that uh, guys got a male, uh, a man got hired uh, for potential, male, uh, women got hired by uh, accomplishment. That's very true. Uh, still true. So you have to prove yourself first. But when uh, when when your counterpart guys can have less experience and they could get hired, and just because they have potential, right? So that yeah. kind. Of challenges I, I would say still there you you have to manage it and then um uh, but it's 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 fine like if you you just you just understand that that's how the game is played and then hopefully it will get improved hopefully it will get improved uh, for my daughter <laughs> <laughs> i um, hope i i hope so uh, i don't want i don't want i don't want things to operate like that myself uh um, I know a, a lot of very talented women that I have had seen have to overcome certain hurdles that, you know, yeah. weren't necessary. And um, yeah, I, yeah, we could talk about this for a long time, but I'm not I'm not one to speak on it. So I guess I would ask a follow up question. So mm -hmm. how um, when you're in this situation, what's your mm -hmm. best advice for a professional that's in that situation where, hey, I always have to prove myself. How did you continually do that? And then also, how did you main? And I think what's different than you from other people I meet is you have a positive attitude about it still. Where, yeah. hey, it's not that this stuff isn't real. It's not that this stuff isn't happening. We need to work on it. But you're also like, hey, these are the rules of the game. I got to get over this. And they're like, then it's actually easier. How did yeah. you? How do you cultivate that attitude? How do you maintain it? So I think I'm lucky in a way that I was born with this kind of a bubbly positive. Um, attitude and then and sunny and also I was lucky in a way that um, I have not encountered that many um, I think from a humble background really help so you're just grateful for every opportunity you have regardless of difficulties right I think you will see that in a lot of from immigrant because as immigrant especially as a woman immigrant um, you every immigrant have to go through a little bit of a rebirth because you 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 encounter different culture you have to go through discover you need to discovery and you need to build stabilize and grow and hopefully if you do it right thrive 
right? So this is the stage that some uh, from that spectrum, from from discover, build, stabilize, grow, and thrive. You people sometimes don't make it all the way. Some they stop in the middle somewhere, and depends on your depends on a lot of it depends on your luck depends on it's definitely not lack of effort and depends on your work ethics and it also depends on uh, some of the uh, the the capability and then your 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 luck too so um so every i don't take everything for granted i have to say like i i i'm grateful with everything so i think attitude is very important um and it's not like um a man and they don't have any difficulties, you know, like if you grew up poor and grew up with no connections, you could encounter the same unfairness, right? So um, life is not fair. So you just know, like my my mother taught me that, right? So, but I have this theory, I told my daughter, so if you play poker, is uh, if you, everybody dealt with a hand, but you know, you, you might not get the best cards, but honestly, every card, every hand could be a winning hand, right? You just... <laughs> yes to figure out how to play the best. And, you know, with the a card on the table, with the hand you're dealt with and play the best you can. Uh, and then you can still win, you can still win. So I think uh, that's kind of the attitude. Um, don't look, don't compare to others, right? Just play your hand. Um, and then if you play well with a strategy and with know-how, with effort and work ethics, you, you can still win. Uh, I think that's that's another thing. And then the other thing I, I tell people is uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not an outrage machine. So I, I know some sense of humor help. So you <laughs> think about, um, because you don't, not nothing is black and white, right? If somebody say something, hurtful or something disrespectful, you have to take it say is, you know, what's the intention? Maybe he just needs some education. You you don't you don't just let it pass, right? You mm -hmm. you you keep there. So um and then so um I don't know if I do you want me to tell you one of this one one story like that tell you something how, yeah. how you okay so this is one time that um um I uh, uh how 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 to handle it I what I was at a steakhouse with a dinner so there were uh, a, a group of VPs and the six of us I was the only woman and then there uh, some VPs on our side some VP on the customer side this is customers this is a high sort of a, a sort of high stake sort of customer meeting and we're talking about it and after about a couple of you know um um you know maybe a half an hour or so, and then we all get familiar with each other. And the, the customer's a lead customer, and he 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 looked at me, he said, so Diane, he just nodded me, he said, Diane, how is your driving really? So everybody sort of, sort of froze in their smile, they don't know what to do. Uh, so what do we do? Like, what did he just say? And then I, I did, I just, I looked at him, I said, you know, I am everything they say about Asian women drivers. So when I'm driving, you should really stay out of my way. And then so everybody said, oh, that has, and so she, she's okay. And then so, and then, they, and then, but he's not done. And this has actually happened four years ago. It's not that long time ago. So, and wow. then he said, um, so what if I ask you how's dry cleaning business? This time everybody froze. Nobody knew what to say. And then I looked him in the eye. I didn't, I said, I will tell you that most of those are Koreans and I'm Chinese. And if you really want to be funny, you should at least get Asian insult, right? <laughs> and then everybody sort of just start laughing and, and then you don't let it go. And then everybody laugh, right? And they're still kind of nervous. And I looked at him and then and people say, dude, you're so lucky you ran into her, right? I said, I, I looked at him and said, yeah, dude, you're so lucky you ran into me, right? That's not something you should say. That yeah. you, 
the trouble, right? And then he was like, "Well, what's wrong?" Like I so so, but you 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 tell him. But in a in if you can handle it with humor and then just relax about it instead of storm out the room or start scolding him, you got much better result, right? And then at the end of the so at the end of dinner, and he did say, "We got the I will buy things from you, Diane." You know, so 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 you just need to make sure you um you have enough confidence and build that. Um, and then and 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 think about that how you do it. I think humor helps. Confidence definitely help. Um, and uh, stay calm. And, and so and practice that. Um, I think uh, so. So that works throughout my career for me in 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 boardroom in um, when when a bunch of bros and say things and and I can handle them. Hmm. So. Uh, uh, it's sad that it, it's sad that you do have to go through that and that like it that is only four years ago and just. Um, uh, just the the and the intentionality of it, I think, is what strikes me. It's I I think you you said it well in the beginning. Like you're trying to judge people's intention, right? Like, yeah. did you say something that you just don't understand? What the difference between someone from China or someone from Vietnam or from yeah. like was it that or was no? This was like intentionally trying to be funny, making some yeah. sort of off color joke, and the follow up was like yeah yeah uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he's not a bad guy, right? So that's why you just need to make sure you you can take it. So uh, understand how to handle it. There's all different way to handle it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And then educate, yes. but don't let it just don't just take it. Don't just yeah. let it pass. Yeah, yeah. Well, well said, well said. Um, all right, so uh, let's move let's move past that conversation. Very good. I hope I hope everyone got some insights out of that. Um, hopefully, some people not how not to act. Other people how to handle tough situations. Uh, so now you're so now you're at Emerson. Uh, you you're obviously doing well there, and then you decide to make the jump to Amazon. Uh, what was that like? Why did you decide to make the jump? And uh, what's been your favorite part so far? So um, I wanted. So because we're talking about career, Matthew, I just like to talk a little bit about what I gained out of Emerson, out of mm -hmm. this career, you know, that that 21 years of career and how so how you can apply that no matter what you want to go move on to the kind of position you want to move on next. Right. Yeah. And then so you can how you pivot and how I actually sold myself to to Amazon when I decided that's maybe something I want to do. So. Um, so it's very difficult to uh, it's it's difficult to just summarize and do a very good uh, summary summarization of your career when you have a long career and especially when you're on the mid and high level of your career and try to make that pivot try to explain um, and, and some people do make the mistakes as when people say tell me about your career and they start going through the resume um, so and also you it's very difficult to, for people to don't know you very quickly to understand what you can offer and what you learned because when they don't care about your positions they care about your skills right so how I explained that what I gained out of Emerson is uh, um, because even I worked there for 21 years is a long time for anybody um, but um, don't forget I did nine different type of jobs I moved almost to every different positions every few three four years like two three years right and it also moved to lived in three different countries so i think that's one of the reason I, um I did. because of that when you joined a global career and um i was able to fall or finish up what i call it a value or value loop and then you gain skill um from customer and start with customer and with customer so here's what i'm in so 
I have the skill. Uh, so business career taught me that skill. I start with the customer. I can talk to the customer C level or shop floor level. I'll talk to them and then they will tell me their pain and this is a problem and we need to solve. And because I'm an engineer, I was able to take that, take that pain, take that problem. And then I translate. So I'm a translator. Basically, I translate that to the engineers, to their engineers. And I say, here's the problem. Let's figure out a solution. Once if, if I'm successful at that translation, then the engineers will be able to design some solutions and, and, and product to address that. Right. So then after the in the meantime, I supervise that to make sure the engineers will come up with something technically, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, compliant, but also commercially viable. Right. So because I need to have that capability <laughs> to make sure they build something that I can sell. So sometimes they go overboard. So that's why when you have an engineer, if you're an engineer yourself, you they you have they have that respect for you to listen to you, and you you know where they will tend to go to rabbit hole and build something with gold plated, and then so so once you if I'm successful with that I do the next level of translation. You translate from engineer to to the executives. And then so I would do that translation. I would do ROI, business case, and market analysis and say, here's why we need to do this. Here's why you give, need to give me money so I can go build it. And if I'm successful at that, that's a different set of skill. If I'm successful at that, they will allow me to do it. They give me money and say, here, so, okay, so you can go ahead. And then the next level, uh, next cycle of uh, 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 translation is go to the ops guys supply chain operations factory people say how do we build this here's a widget that we designed approved i got funding let's build them right so if we and where do we build them so you talk to the supply chain people and we have factory around the world once you figure out how to successfully build them with reasonable cost closest to the biggest group of customers and you're successful and then we launch and then i do the next level of translation i translate it to sales that's marketing Right, you do a storytelling value proposition and you set pricing and channel and then you say do we sell it direct do we sell it through channels who do we do what do we do so you you figure that out you do that translation if you're successful then the sales will take it and then you go with sales i go with sales and go back to the customer and say here's your widget remember your pain here's your widget <laughs> and so so this if you think about this value loop um I was lucky enough to able to touch different positions to do to do things to know about every single step of translation. So I was very lucky in that way, and I really enjoyed that. So I do that over and over. In fact, if I'm right now, I'm I'm, I'm in Amazon. I'm doing the same thing, right? So that's how I sell that to say why I can take this set of skills. I can go work in high tech too to translate the AI ML or a widget. It doesn't matter. Like I can, I have the skills of doing this coordinate with global and strategy wise and, and operation wise and, and the communication wise, marketing wise, I could, I could do those. Right. So that's the skills I learned, but you don't have to be career wise. You don't really have to be, um, say do the, do, do what I did because the, the one of the key thing is, uh, is, uh, you, I, I, I don't think you should follow your passion. You should follow your talent. Figure out that. Follow your talent. And in this value loop, because that value loop is, is from customer to customer. And wherever your superpower is, you can stay at one place. You can be a super engineer. You can be a technical expert. Or you can do two things. 
depends on where your talent is, what you best at. Uh, right, you can you can stay there, or you can do like because I have ADHD, I'll just do this over. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, yeah, so I think uh, so. So that helps. So because of that skill, I was able to convince uh, uh, Amazon to say give me a chance because uh, it just so happened the timing is perfect because uh, we're doing the Industrial 4.0 and digital transformation, and Amazon. I think all the high tech company are doing the same thing. You talk Microsoft, Google, and all these cloud companies. Salesforce. <laughs> so they all have the technologies and the, the next big thing to how do we conquer the uh, industry industrial customers and then they look at their own workforce they realize okay we have brilliant and brilliant uh, programmers and data scientists well who's going to talk to the to the factory guys <laughs> and you know factory people right who's going to do that so that's when people like like me step in to say, let me do that translation, right? Let me do that storytelling. And I can talk to the C-level people. I can talk to the shop floor guys, say, here's why you need this solution. And here's how you how we can solve your problems. So um, I think that's when, and why I pick Amazon, it's just cool company. AWS <laughs> is cool, Matthew, it's just cool. Yeah, so I, just, like, I, so I was talking, that's a networking piece. I was thinking of making a career change um, um, and then um, I was talking to a lot of people and it's hugely important if you want to don't do it alone. It's exhausting. It's lonely. You have to talk <laughs> to people. So I do that. I, I talk to people and then um, I talked to one of my uh, grad school friends and he did the switch from uh, from from uh, energy to Google. So I just asked him, I said, do you think uh, do you still like it? Um, do you think I can do it? And knowing me, do you think um, I can, I, I, you know, I would like it too? And his answer is yes to all three things. So I said, uh, do you know anybody AWS I can talk to? And he just <laughs> phone number. And then I, I, I called the phone number and uh, I think from that thought popping my head until I land the offer it was 10 days. <laughs> so, wow. Holy crap. You know, so I, um, I was lucky because just so happened I was talking to the right person and they happened to have a position and and uh, I have for the hustle hard. So. Ten days? I've never. I mean, I, I, I've worked. I've, I've worked in companies now for how long? It's difficult to hire an admin in ten days. I know. <laughs> we can't, we can't, yeah, we cannot hire an admin off the street with no qualifications in ten days. I know. It was a good. It was a good story. Well, AWS uh, is quite fast too. They, if they find the right person, I think they move pretty fast. So that's credit. Kudos to them too. Yeah. So that, yeah, that is awesome. I love it. Year in, absolutely love it. Yeah. So, um, so I love your, I, I love your customer to customer example. And I've never, I, I, I'd like to think that I've thought of my career that way, but I haven't, I've bounced around it. Were you intentional with that in the beginning of your career or did you start down that path and then realize it and become intentional? I think later on to, to be honest with Matthew, cause then you first, you know, you, when you're young, you kind of, um, you have, I think the key is, um, that's what I told my daughter, you don't know uh, um, if you, because the, also the world is fast changing. So I don't know if three-year career plan, five-year career plan actually work and going, especially going forward, to be honest with you, Matt. So I think uh, uh, you, there's, a, but there's underneath, there's a, the, 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 the quality and then your effort and your spirit. Um, so I, I, I wrote in my uh, sort of a blog post and I'm about my mom is uh, and, and leverage that famous quote from Steve Jobs, stay hungry, stay foolish. 
So hungry means like curious, it's just intense curiosity. I think that's so important. It's actually one of Amazon's uh, 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 leadership principle, you know, learn and be curious. I think curiosity is one of the most important thing in a going forward, really. Curiosity, creativity, these are hugely important because there's no, no longer there's going to be a 20-year career. So you have to be able to stay curious and keep learning and look around. I never thought about five years from, I, I just didn't know enough to make that kind of uh, change. What I basically always look at it, wherever I am, I look at one step up. Maybe two step. most of the time is one step up. If I'm here, what's the next step? I look around and see what else, who else is doing it. And then I would try to gauge myself, say, can I do that? If I'm not, that's okay. I look, I, I tried. And then I would stay here and, cause I, and stay happy. But pretty much every single position I, I change to is all because of that. And sometimes you can look around and that helped because you say, okay, if he can do that, I could do that too. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I could do better. So, yeah. so, so, that, so, that's, so that's how you, how I kind of moved up. But I think the key is it's a journey and then don't stop moving and don't stop learning. I think that's the key. As long as you keep doing that and also don't stop networking. You have to keep talking to people and then, um, and, and figure out. And then so you, you can, you, you, then you figure out how to, how, what your next step should be. And then if you keep doing that practice, I think um, it will present itself. Like if that's what happened for me. Awesome. Um, so great, great career story. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about how you've leveraged LinkedIn. And, you know, you, you, you mentioned a little bit how you wrote a blog post and you and I actually first connected on LinkedIn when you were at Emerson. Um, and I and some of the people that listen to this may think how, you know, I'm business development. I sell into manufacturing. My customers aren't on LinkedIn. My customers aren't out here. What was the success that you found on LinkedIn or any other digital channel at Emerson and how have you carried that over to Amazon? So I think it's um, it's a mistake to ignore uh, social media, especially LinkedIn. And then especially after pandemic, right? After <laughs> digital. So um, I think I realized how important LinkedIn is early on. That was about maybe four years ago. I think um, I realized, so the, the first thing I realized is everybody went on it because uh, um, um, before, uh, I think um, not, because if, if there's no audience, then yeah, there's, first of all, you need to make sure you have the audiences on there. And then that's very clearly to verify. Just click on your boss, your customer, your key people, and then see if they're on it. They're on it. If they're on it, and then, so you, you should be on it too, right? You should be actually, you should be active on it because it's free. And then the exposure, the visibility, right? So I think that's a LinkedIn is a, and then since the pandemic, I think last year, especially last year, LinkedIn become king of, of for business people. So B2B. You, yeah, B2B, right? It's for, it's not just for sort of a lead generation, but it's for your personal career building, your network building, um, your, um, oh, one of the key things about a career growth um, is um, a personal brand building, right? One of the key career growth when we're in corporate world, we always say um, the people that you get the next appointment, next assignment, uh, the, it's the good ones, it's a promotion. It's always by uh, visibility, meaning yeah. that, well, you know, it's not about who you know, it's about who knows you. And right, <laughs> 
like in a closed room and and when people evaluate people and who knows you and then put you forward or you uh, if some if you find the right um, a key a mentor or or a sponsor they give you this opportunity to say why don't you present this in front of this group of people and that's huge right so linkedin democratize that you no longer need that person to say right if you have something to say if you have talent say it people will read it right so i think that's why linkedin is very important i think just to build that uh, audience so i i i knew um you, we were going to talk about LinkedIn. So I was um, um, uh, one of the uh, the influencer LinkedIn. I follow Jeff Winters, and he posts something stacks. And then I I, I want to say this here because I think it's very in, in important. So the uh, so the stats is there's 61 million senior level users on LinkedIn. There's 65 million decision makers on LinkedIn. Business decisions. 45 percent of the content reader on LinkedIn fall under upper management 45 percent, hmm. right so when you compare to other um you know social media um uh, facebook twitter um linkedin's if uh, lead generation effectiveness is 277 percent now these are 80 percent of the b2b leads actually come from linkedin these are not verified i'm quoting but you know but i'm i'd be i believe this this kind of magnitude right so i think that's very important to to go forward to, for your career for your personal brand and 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 uh, and yeah and then to build that so as um, I joined um, um, Amazon um, a year ago and then complete I was hired completely remote uh, I was onboarded completely remote and then I work my work is global but it's completely remote so uh, and then Amazon just massive massive organization and there's so confusing and there's a giant startup inside right <laughs> and everything moves so fast so so how do you how do you get connected? Don't forget about reach out externally. What about internally? Who knows who you do? Do you even how how do people find out you actually do what you do and seek you out? So so LinkedIn helped. Like really, like I build out. I think I right now through LinkedIn. I think I know more internal people than a lot of people that's been there for three years. Yeah. So that's why that's why it's very important. <laughs> And then you, and then things become easier when you start knowing know people and people know you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great example too of the people even internally, um, especially in a larger company. Not even a company necessarily the size of Amazon. You know, if you're if you're in a two or three billion dollar year company, and it's most likely it's distributed because it's not usually two or three billion in one city, right? That that is such a good way for everyone to know what you do. And I really like what you said about um, it's not how many people you know, it's how many people know you. And yeah. we use the example of when people need your services, who do they think of and why? And mm -hmm. I think that you've really leveraged that where I'm sure if people think about automation or even customers you were with previously at yeah. Emerson are like, oh, we need to talk to someone at AWS. I know who I'm going to reach out to. It's Diane. Yeah, yeah, it happens. It happened. It happened quite a bit. And then also you can show it's a it's a free, a easy a way to show what you got. If you're a quiet person, write a post. If you're a talker like you and me, we'll, we'll let some <laughs> videos, you know. And and you, if you're creative, make something fun, right? So you can you can leverage you regardless your personality. You can show off what you got. So that's what what I like about it. Well said. Well said. That. Yeah, I, uh, really well said. And I like the idea of where you're talking about demonstrating your knowledge, demonstrating your expertise, right? There's yeah. a, 
there's an art to it, right? There's a there's yeah. a way to demonstrate that and to engage in the community well, and you do that really well. And so if you're thinking okay. about doing it, figure out like what you're passionate about and yeah. and dive in. Um, yeah. So we like to end, I'll give you a couple of seconds to think here. We like to end every interview with our guest's best routine or habit. Um, it's something that a lot of people look forward to. I know that I do because I glean some of them, some uh, information from it. So what is your most impactful routine or habit? So I don't have the best routine, but I have a habit. Um, okay. And I think it's important is uh, never let a good connection go. So you have to um, to grow your a career or even just you know uh, just your life right and build that friendship uh, because we all got busy so you don't let a good connection go meaning that because I move around the world so much um you know and and I lived in different places and also I worked around the world with people um I don't let good connection go meaning that I keep that connection and make a habit of sharing reach out to people, um, say hi. And if I drop, if I happen to be in a town uh, that one of the person uh, either through work or something, and I always reach out. I know you're tired. I know you have work and I know you have other things, but I never ever regretted. Uh, sometimes I just, oh, it'd be nice. I'll just stay in and then I'll just rest. But if I, I never regret it once I reach out and then those friendship, even once in every five years or something, even you did that, it pay dividends for your for your well-being, for your heart, for your for your community, and and um, I, I, I gain so much from it. So that's why I say, um, uh, you know, I don't uh, try to make sure you, especially as we go virtual. I would say try to keep that spirit, and then um, it's, it make your world better and brighter. So. Love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, I don't have anything to add on that. I want to thank Diane again for being an amazing guest. I hope everyone was as entertained as I am. I want to encourage everyone, if they're thinking about whether they should be active on LinkedIn or social media, you just heard it from an expert who went from <laughs> China to Canada to Emerson to Amazon. We can only hope to live up to those uh, to those lofty expectations. So Diane, thank you again. Congratulations on all your success and your family's success. And uh, We'll probably end up having you back on again. So yes, we'll talk to you then. Yes. Thank you, Matthew, for the opportunity. Yeah. Talk thank soon. you. Yeah. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Bye.